Welcome back to Sports Crunch with D. Crom, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, David Cromelo. Tonight, NFL regular season dress rehearsals commence, and that likely means many of you have your fantasy football league drafts in only a matter of days. And if you do so, and as a result, turn to us for last-minute advice, congratulations, because joining us today for our second edition of our 2018 Fantasy Deep Dive series, which covers the running back position, is a man who will give you the insights needed to help you knock your draft out of the ballpark. He is my good friend and mentor, Mr. Mike Dente of FantasyPros.com, RotorBaller.com, and ArborPro.com. Welcome back to the show, Mike. Great to have you. Thanks, David. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome, Mike. And uh, let's talk some running backs. And going into each season, I always think to myself, is it best if I start my draft by spending my first two picks with running backs or spending my first two picks with one running back and one receiver? And it kind of changes each year. So this season, would you prefer taking two running backs with your first two picks or two wide or a running back and wide receiver with your first two picks? You know, that's a, that's a very common question. Um, it's difficult because it depends on, you know, a bunch of different variables, where you're picking in the draft, uh, who's on the board when, you're, when your uh, turn comes. So I don't like to just go into any draft with a set strategy of, you know, hey, I'm taking two running backs to start. Um, you know, having said that, I do, I do like the idea of getting, if you can get two, you know, workhorse type backs in the first two rounds, I love that idea just because, the position thins out really quickly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it totally depends. You know, it's, it's hard to pass up an elite talent like like Odell Beckham or DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you know, for a running back that maybe has a few question marks or a few injury concerns like a Leonard Fournette, for example. So, you know, I, I do think it, it, it depends on a few different situations. Oh, absolutely. And one of the common themes at this point of year going into your draft, you have to know who is overvalued and who is undervalued. Which running back is the most overvalued in your view? Uh, overvalued. Let's see. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't say that he's he's overvalued per se, but Jay Ajayi is somebody I'm just kind of avoiding for the most part this year. Um, I think LaShawn McCoy is another guy that you know, looking at his past, his history, sure, he's, he seems undervalued, but, you know, hitting 30 years old with all the touches he's had over the last, you know, several years and, you know, potential suspension on the horizon, a terrible offense. I think he's another guy that I just don't really want to touch in the third round. Um, so I would say, you know, those two are probably two guys I'm trying to avoid this year. And which running backs would you say are the most undervalued? Uh, undervalued. I mean, I, it's another tough one because it does depend again on, on situations. Um, I think if you're looking for, you know, good PPR guys that are going to creep up into, you know, top 24 status at the end of the year, like Duke Johnson's a guy that was there last year, probably will be there again. Um, you know, Rex Burkhead, I love out in New England. I'm a little worried about the, the knee tear as they're calling it. Um, but he's, you know, he's in line to get goal line touches um, and probably the bulk of the touches there in, in New England. So he's he's somebody that is on my radar for sure. Um, and then a guy I really like late is um, Matt Breda for the 49ers. Um, I think he's a poor man's Tevin Coleman. I think he can put up very similar numbers. I think he'll have very similar touches. And he's somebody that you can get 
you know, four to five rounds after Coleman. Oh, very, very good point there, Mike. And now let's go on to our listener questions. And this question is from my man Patrick on Twitter, at Marty480. And he wants to know, is Alvin Kamara worth taking with the fifth overall pick in PPR leagues? Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's he's my number four guy in PPR. Um, I actually got him ahead of David Johnson, and I got him just ahead of Antonio Brown. Uh, you know, anytime you can get a, a guy who plays for an explosive offense like the Saints coming off the year that he did, um, you know, and he, he's capable of bringing in 70, 80 receptions, um, you know, scoring 10-plus touchdowns. So I think he's he's a pretty safe top-five pick. Oh, absolutely. And with him likely to get even more of a workload this year, especially in the first four weeks, uh, that would be a tremendous asset to any fantasy team. And moving on to another question from Jason. Actually, he spells his name J-A-C-E-N, and it's at Jason Miller on Twitter. And he wants to know, who are two late-round sleepers you're targeting and in what rounds, and are you willing to reach at all for those sleepers? Uh... Yeah, I mean, um, one of the guys I'm targeting late is Jordan Wilkins, uh, rookie on the uh, Colts. I think that's a backfield that has a lot of question marks. Um, question marks. I'm not sure if Marlon Mack is the answer there. Um, he didn't look, you know, great last year. I know he was battling some injuries. Um, and then the other rookie there, uh, Hines, was, was struggling throughout camp in the preseason. So I think Wilkins could end up taking the starting job there. Um, and he's scoring typically. I don't know if he's creeping up the boards now, but he's going in the double digit rounds and he's somebody that I would, I would reach on in the early double digit rounds. Um, another guy, I'm just trying to think here. Another guy I like is uh, Jamal Williams actually. And it's, it's seems to be the opposite of what most, you know, experts in the industry are, are thinking or saying. A lot of them are targeting Aaron Jones a bit later, but um, my, my thought process is if you can get, a potential workhorse back, which Jamal Williams can be, um, you know, in the seventh, eighth round for an offense as good as Green Bay's, especially given how thin running back is this year, I think you got to take that chance. And, you know, there's going to be plenty of guys that will get you 50 catches or 40 catches this year that you can plug in on a bye week and stuff like that. I think it'll be a pretty crowded, um, a pretty crowded area between like, RB2s and RB3s this year, but I think Jamal Williams has potential to be an RB1, and with Aaron Jones out for the first two weeks, he can really uh, show his stuff and then put a stranglehold on the uh, starting job there. Oh, very, very, very good observation there, Mike, and uh, running backs are thin almost every year, it appears, and that's why you got to keep an eye on those guys in the mid-rounds that could end up saving uh, your fantasy team because I remember last year uh, I started out in one league with Devontae Freeman and then DeMarco Murray in round two and we all know how DeMarco Murray fell flat on his face last year and obviously he retired uh, after that and uh, but in the fifth round I got Mark Ingram and that really saved me so uh, it's running backs around in rounds five six or seven or eight that could make the difference for you at the end of the day and we go on to a similar question from Kevin Mayle, and it's M-A-I-L-E. Sorry if I pronounce, mispronounce your last name, Kevin. And Kevin wants to know, Mike, what are your thoughts on running backs such as Joe Mixon, Jordan Howard, Alex Collins, Kenyon Drake, and others with similar ADPs in standard leagues? Uh, yeah, I mean, Jordan Howard, someone I, I love in standard leagues. Um, I think he's a lock for a 1,000 rushing and, and 
potentially at least eight touchdowns, I think, uh, potentially in the double digits there. Uh, you know, Joe Mixon is a guy, depends on what league I'm playing in. Um, I play in, you know, a few home leagues, and I also play in some high-stakes leagues where you're competing with thousands of people for, you know, a, a high uh, uh, grand prize. So I think in that kind of league, I'd be willing to take a risk on someone like Joe Mixon. I think he is a high-risk, high-reward type running back. Um, he's not somebody I would target in the second round in, in you know, smaller drafts where, you know, home leagues or, or stuff like that. I think the risk is just too big for that. Um, Alex Collins, another guy. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. Um, Collins, Howard, these are guys I like a lot more in, in standard formats than PPR. I think they're great RB2s. Howard, potentially RB1. Um, yeah, and who, who is the other guy? Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not as high on him as I am with the others. Uh, I just don't trust the Dolphins' offense for the most part. He doesn't have – I don't know if Frank Gore is going to steal a lot of touches. At, I don't know how old he is now, 33, 34, or something like that. It's amazing that he's still going strong. But, um, yeah, I don't, he, he's somebody who just seems a bit riskier to me. But, again, given how thin the running back pool is, he, he can be considered an RB2. Yes, that is a very unique backfield situation in Miami. And moving on to our final listener question, and this one is from Mike Wilson. And he wants to know two things. He wants to know if you think Adrian Peterson has any value. Adrian Peterson obviously just signing with the Redskins for the veteran minimum a day ago. And he also wants to know what's a good round to draft Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, um, you know, I feel like we've been down this road with with Peterson, uh, you know, last year and and even – a year or two before. Uh, I, I don't think he's got it anymore. Uh, I think it's just a desperation signing by Washington. I don't think he'll have much fantasy value. Um, I'd maybe take a crack on him late, 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 like 15th round, but I don't even think he'll reach there because he's got such a big name that, that others will, will probably take him before that. So he's not somebody who's on my, on my fantasy radar. I think at the end of the day, it's either going to be a full-on committee or uh, Rob Kelly could end up taking more of the touches there. Um, and yeah, Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, Lynch is, I got him ranked as my 34th running back. So just in the RB3 territory. Um, again, he's another guy, 32 years old. Um, I don't I don't typically like to target running backs in their 30s. It's just known that they hit the wall. Uh, around that age. So it's not somebody I'm targeting, um, but if he falls late enough, like say the eighth, eighth round or ninth round or eighth round or something like that, then I would, I would pull the trigger for like RB3, RB4. Oh yes. That's a very good point. And another thing about Marshawn Lynch that uh, should uh, appeal to people who are targeting him is that the Raiders have this uh, undrafted free agent uh, from Texas and Chris Warren, the third, whose father was a Pro Bowl running back for the Seahawks, I believe, and he's been absolutely lights out in the preseason. And plus, you've obviously heard John Gruden and Raiders beat writers hype up Doug Martin. So uh, those are two other reasons why you might want to avoid Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Oh, totally. And uh, what I want to know is uh, this class of rookie running backs this year had a lot of hype, and rightfully so. It was arguably one of the most talented cropper running backs that we will see in recent years, along with last year's. And But after Darius Geis got hurt, and given how the rest of the rookies are faring 
in their training camps and preseason so far, uh, you could pretty much say that fantasy-wise, in terms of rookie running backs, it's pretty much Saquon Barkley and everyone else. So I want to know is which running back rookie, not named Saquon Barkley, are you targeting the most and why? Um, Royce Freeman, for sure. Um, I think he's you know the next in line behind Barkley to that has the best chance to take over a featured role for his team. Um, you know, I look his his ADP is kind of creeping up. I've seen him go as early as a third round now. That's way um, too high. Yeah, I agree. That's that's way too high. Um, I would start considering him late fourth, preferably in the fifth. Um, it's just the other guys. I mean, I'm just not too high on the other guys. Ronald Jones has been struggling. Um, Sony Michelle is battling an injury. Rex Burkhead's there. James White is there. Even Jeremy Hill. <laughs> Who knows, right? Who knows what the Patriots are thinking? Um, and then you got uh, Rashad Penny too, and he's he's also I think he's got that uh, finger injury or surgery on his finger, so he, he might be ready for Week One. But Chris Carson's looking good apparently. So I just I just think uh, Royce Freeman's got the easiest path to sure touches. Oh, I completely agree. And. Some other breaking news stories in the past week kind of caught my eye related to one of the top consensus top four running backs, and that is Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, you got Zach Martin, the Cowboys uh, all-pro guard. Uh, he suffered a hyperextended uh, knee injury in their preseason game against Cincinnati. Although they're hopeful he'll be ready for week one, it's up in the air at the moment. And Travis Frederick, he visited Dr. Robert Watson, the noted neck specialist who performed Peyton Manning's a neck operation in California, and he was also encouraged by the Cowboys to seek out second opinions in the Dallas area. So there's concern with two of the Cowboys' three most important offensive linemen, and given those health concerns, is that enough for you to drop Ezekiel Elliott down your board a bit? Uh, those are legitimate concerns for sure. Um, he's still somebody who he's, – he's, he's in my top three still. Um, I'm not going to be dropping him quite yet. Uh, I do think he's got – a pretty good shot at leading the leading league in touches. Um, I think if the line is struggling, they could get him involved in the passing game a bit more. Uh, you know, he's going to be the vocal point of the offense, and uh, you know, he's he's still somebody I like in in, in the top three for sure. Yes, I, we, we'll keep him there for now. I agree. And back to Saquon Barkley, who I just mentioned, as appealing as Saquon Barkley is, and as talented and special as he is. I am concerned about him for a couple reasons. Number one, the New York Giants offensive line, outside of that 139-yard run by Barkley in preseason, has absolutely struggled. The Giants are only have only averaged like two yards per carry or less since that run by Barkley in the preseason. And Nate Solder, like I said yesterday in my show with Hal Bent, that uh, Nate Solder, he is a very finesse player, not good, not a good blocker in the run game. And Will Hernandez. As much as I love Will Hernandez, their second-round pick out of UTEP, uh, he seems miscast in Pat Shermer's uh, zone-blocking scheme, and the rest of their three offensive line spots are major question marks, especially at right tackle. Eric Flowers, I think he's a full-out bust at this moment. And if there was any weakness in Saquon Barkley's game, it is uh, his impatience at times. He always wants to hit the home run and bounce it outside rather than take what's given. And... Another common weakness people thought about that Saquon Barkley had was uh, that he doesn't run to his size. He doesn't run with as much power as he's capable of. So behind that very, very suspect offensive line, uh, 
how d- much does that temper your expectations for Saquon Barkley this year? And is that enough for you to drop him down a little bit compared to most others? Um, I mean, I, I try not to put too much stock into, you know, offensive line preseason performances and stuff like that. I know, you know, it's pretty vanilla schemes and, and, and um, you know, sometimes it takes a while for, for uh, players to get used to a new offense and a new scheme. You mentioned they have a few new offensive linemen there. So I think eventually they'll, they'll get clicking a bit. Um, I am a bit concerned about his hamstring injury. I know he, I think he returned to practice today. Um, but that's a bit concerning and he, he has dropped down my board a little bit, uh, but he's still a top 10 pick to me. I mean, when you think about it, you know, how many, how many true workhorse running backs are there, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I can count probably five. Bell, Gurley, David Johnson, Zeke, and Barkley. And, you know, so I, I think just based on pure volume, he's got to be a top 10 pick for sure. Yes, and plus when Odell Beckham Jr. takes the field again, that should take uh, some safety's attentions away from the box and hopefully give him some more opportunities to, to run and gain some more yards. And he is Mike Dente, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Mike was my previous employer, a website called FirstStopFantasy.com. Like I said, he is one of my big mentors in this business. And and since then, he's graduated to FantasyPros.com, RotoBowler.com, and ArborPro.com. And Mike, now I want to play a little game with you called Draft Day Dilemmas because like when I'm doing mock drafts, I always uh, stumble uh, on a certain spot when I see uh, multiple names at the same position and I'm wondering, hmm, there's not that big a gap, if any gap at all between them. So I just want to know who you would take and why. Would you take Kareem Hunt or Melvin Gordon? Uh... Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I think I'd go Melvin Gordon there by a hair. I've got them. Uh, I got Gordon ranked uh, just one spot ahead of him on my running back list. Um, I just think probably a better offense for the Chargers. I think he'll have uh, more goal line touches. And I think Spencer Ware could dig into Hunt's touches just a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree, actually. Devontae Freeman or Christian McCaffrey? Um, and are we talking PPR here? Um, you could say PPR or standard. Okay, let's go PPR because that's typically what I play in. Uh, PPR, it's it's McCaffrey. Um, I think he's you know can catch eighty balls this year. Uh, he's got very high upside. They're talking like they want to give him twenty five plus touches a game. I don't know if that's realistic, but he's probably going to see more touches than last year. Um, and he's got just a very safe floor, so he's um, he'd be my pick there. And how about in standard? Would you take McCaffrey or Freeman? Standard, that switches things a little bit. Um, I'd probably actually lean Freeman in, in standard formats just because uh, C.J. Anderson could steal uh, goal line touches in Carolina. Yeah, although Christian McCaffrey got a goal line carry in the first preseason game, and I want to see if it persists this week. And if it persists this week, that will be a screaming, screaming, screaming clue to me that McCaffrey could very well be that workhorse that the Panthers have been hyping him up to be. And let's go to New England. Rex Burkhead or James White? Uh, I got Burkhead by a lot. Um, Burkhead's a, to me, he's going to be a top, uh, a top 24 back this year, making him an RB2. Uh, I think he's, I think he scored eight touchdowns last year and limited in 10 games or something like that. Um, he was 15th. He ranked 15th in points per game at the position. Um, so I think he's a clear cut RB two, And uh, I got him 
at least uh, four or five rounds ahead of James White. Derrick Henry or Alex Collins? Uh, it's a tough one. I like uh, I like Henry more there. Um, I've always really really like his upside. Um, he's somebody I targeted a lot last year. Didn't really live up to the expectations I had for him, but I think if Dion Lewis misses any time, I think Henry could be one of those guys that could be a top five, top ten back. Oh, absolutely, and especially in terms of goal line carries, I expect Derrick Henry to get the bulk of those, and with the new scheme that's being brought in by offensive coordinator Matt LaFleur, who is a Kyle Shanahan disciple, uh, Derrick Henry could really thrive this year. Yeah, great points. I agree for sure. Yes, and you mentioned Jamal Williams earlier, but here's another guy that could uh, compete with him for an equal fantasy status this year, Jamal Williams or Chris Carson. Uh, I'm going Williams there. I think. you know, I think those are two backs kind of with opposite kind of situations. You look at Chris Carson, he's somebody who's performing as better than Penny through cap so far, but you don't use a first round draft pick on a running back and not give him a, you know, a pretty big role. So I think eventually this year, I can't see Carson holding on to that starting spot. I think Penny will start to steal more and more touches and eventually uh, be the primary back for the Seahawks. Whereas with Jamal Williams, I think he's got a great opportunity in the first two weeks with Aaron Jones out to show what he's capable of. And if he performs well, I think he could be, you know, almost a workhorse this year. Very, very good point. And last but not least, these might be the top two so-called handcuffs in fantasy this year. Tevin Coleman or Latavius Murray? Uh, yeah, it's Coleman for sure. Um like, you know, it's tough. If, if Freeman goes down, I think Coleman is another guy with, with really top five potential. Um, and the thing is, even if even if um, Freeman doesn't, you know, miss any time, Coleman's still going to have a pretty pretty big role there. So, uh, you know, he was uh, ranked 22nd in points per game last year. So he's got that RB2 slash flex appeal every week, uh, you know, with Whereas with Latavius Murray, I think you're just kind of banking on an injury to Dalvin Cook. That's the only way I, I can see him being a uh, viable starter. Um, I kind of disagree with you about Latavius Murray, and here's why. Um, Paul Allen, the radio play-by-play announcer for the Vikings, said on his radio show that he anticipates Latavius Murray stealing a lot of goal line touches from Dalvin Cook. And keep in mind, Dalvin Cook's coming off an ACL injury. And they're going to want to keep Dalvin Cook fresh and ease him into action early on. And I was told uh, by my friend Miles Gorham of the Climbing the Pocket podcast last week in our Viking season preview episode that it, you could expect Latavius Murray to get as much as 40% of the carries early on in the season. And new offensive coordinator John DeFilippo is a guy who likes to use more of a committee approach. You, you saw it when he was offensive coordinator in Cleveland. You saw it in Philadelphia these past couple years where he was the quarterback's coach. And you and Dalvin Cook, this is a Vikings team that is Super Bowl or bust this year. They're going to want to keep Dalvin Cook as fresh as possible for that playoff run. So I think you might be sleeping on Latavius Murray a little bit here. You, you could be right. Those are, those are uh, very good points. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I might be. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. But I understand your preference for Coleman because he's been one of the more consistent producers in fantasy in all formats 
the past couple of years. And once again, he is Mike Dente, ladies and gentlemen. You can follow him on Twitter at First Stop Fantasy. That's the digit one, S-T, Stop Fantasy. Mike, thank you so much once again for donating your time and your knowledge to our program. Uh, but before you go, we're going to have to play my favorite game, and it's called Buy or Sell. And in this game, I'm going to mention a running back that we haven't mentioned yet, and you tell our listeners whether you buy or sell them in fantasy this year, starting with Peyton Barber. Uh, I'm going to buy based on his ADP right now. Um, I think with Ronald Jones struggling the way he is, I think Barber's got a pretty good opportunity to um, you know, handle a lot of touches early on. And if he does well, I think he can, he can keep the starting role. Another rookie, Carrion Johnson. Uh, I'm buying Carrion Johnson as well. I think, um, you know, he's performed well in the preseason. Um, you know, they do have a bit of a crowded backfield with LeGarrette Blunt and, and Theo Riddick, but, uh, you know, they, they haven't really had a strong ground game in, in years. So I think he's somebody they're going to rely heavily on uh, as the season wears on. Uh, yes, definitely a good late round buy there. And this guy could be a PPR darling this year, Tariq Cohen, buy or sell? Um, based on his ADP, I'm going to sell. Uh, I, I do like Cohen um, quite a bit in general, but it's just I can't I can't take him uh, at his current ADP. I saw him go in the fifth round in one of my most recent drafts. Um, just not some someone I would take uh, like a PPR guy in that fifth round. I think you can get a discounted version of him, uh, such as like a James White in the double digit rounds, or a Ty Montgomery or a Theo Riddick. So he's somebody I'm selling. This guy is starting to climb up fantasy boards because he could see quite a bit of work during Mark Ingram's suspension the first four weeks of the year. Jonathan Williams, buy or sell? Uh, I'll buy Williams uh, super, super late. Um, why not? First four weeks, I think Kamara's touches are going to be very similar to last year. I don't think they want to feed him the ball too much. Um, so I think Williams will just slide into Ingram's role and, and will have a sizable role for the first four weeks. And who knows? I mean, if he performs well, you know, Ingram's been in the doghouse before, and it wouldn't surprise me to see him on the trade block if, if Williams performs well enough. Oh, that wouldn't surprise me either. And last but not least, if you think James White is a discounted Tariq Cohen, Corey Grant could be a discounted James White. They really love him in Jacksonville as a change of pace to Leonard Fournette. Buy or sell Corey Grant? I'm going to sell Corey Grant just because... You know, TJ Yeldon's there, and he performed pretty well last year, and he's he's a pretty good back um, out of the backfield as well. He caught, and like I said, I don't like to put too much stock into preseason games, but he did catch, I think, five, five balls for 60 yards last week. Um, I think Grant will have a role, but I think Yeldon will be ahead of him on the depth chart. Mike Dente, ladies and gentlemen, fantasypros.com, rotoballer.com, and arborpro.com. Follow him on Twitter at first, 1ST, Snap Fantasy. And Mike, it's uh, always a pleasure to talk to you, man, and I hope to talk to you sometime again, as, as, as a matter of fact, quite a few times again during the season. Yeah, anytime, David. Thanks a lot for having me, man. I appreciate it. We appreciate you, Mike. Thank you. And that's it for today here on Sports Crunch. But we'll be back with the final edition of our Fantasy Deep Dive series on quarterbacks in just a few days. So stay tuned. Meanwhile, be sure to check out the episode archive as well as my blog at sportscrunch.com. And remember, that's Crunch with a K. And if you enjoy these podcast episodes, please consider leaving us an iTunes review and donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sportscrunch so we can improve our iTunes ranking and afford to produce even more shows with awesome guests like my 
man, Mike Dente out of Vancouver, British Columbia, ladies and gentlemen. Let's hear it for all those NFL fans in Canada, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. For Mike Dente, our producer Chris Broadhead, this is David Cromwell saying so long, and as usual, stay awesome.